This is the Wellsprings Word. Um, I think some kind of new, newer faces maybe here, but uh, yes, I am Stephen, uh, the good old pastor's son. So as every pastor's son, you know, I'm supposed to preach. No. Um, no, jokes aside, that was never a, any sort of pressure on me at all growing up. That was never a thing. Um, in fact, I've never been a pulpit chaser. I've never wanted to preach. Um, but then last year, those of you who were here, you know, I shared my testimony about a year ago, pretty close to it, in 10 months, whatever it is. Um, and God did uh, place a calling on my life to be more involved in this side of the ministry, um, which is exciting and terrifying and everything else. And um, So for those who haven't heard me share before, I get choked up a lot. This is very raw, kind of unfiltered, off the cuff, you know. He, he says that we have more prep time to, uh, you know, get our sermons kind of t- together. With me, it doesn't really work that way still. I, I could have six months, and then the night before is like, oh, that's what you want me to talk about. So, um, you know, this is not, I don't have any notes. The more I try to flesh out my notes with just cool things that I thought I could say, the more it was like, no, that's just me. I'm not supposed to be the one talking, right? I'm supposed to just share what he's given me. So, um, but I did feel kind of going into that before we get into the little scripture passage we do have this morning. Um, just on the way to service this morning, I felt like sharing something, um, another piece um, <clears throat> of my testimony, you could say. Um, it's one that I didn't share about a year ago. It's one that I don't really share very often at all because, you know, it's in, from a very early chapter in my life. But God seemed to place it on my heart and my mind on the way to church. And so maybe it's for somebody, you know. Um, hopefully it is. As I say every time, I've shared it all. Even if one little thing that I say can reach the heart of one person here, then that's a win, you know. I'm not trying to impress anybody or, you know, hold tent meetings and revivals and stuff. I'm just trying to do my little part. Um, I'm getting practice. Like my dad said, I'm, I'm learning. This is all very much stepping out of my comfort zone. And then you guys are lucky enough to just be with me on the journey, you know, so congratulations. As painful as any of my little messages may be, you're just, you get to be with me through them, so. But getting back to my point here, um, one of the reasons that this whole thing is something that I never... Something I never wanted to do, but also something I never felt like I really could do. Um, so you may or may not know, like I said, I usually I don't really just go around advertising this, but when I was very small, I had a really bad speech impediment. Um, there were five or six, I can't remember now, but letters in the alphabet that I just couldn't even pronounce at all, couldn't enunciate at all. A lot of people, when they heard me talk, thought that I was either some sort of confused transplant from the UK 
or something, you know. Um, so very quickly, as a young kid, um, let's just say it's difficult to find your voice. When whatever you go to say, people can't understand you. Or because you're lacking that confidence, you get kind of talked over a lot. So at a very young age, I thought I figured out this thing where my voice doesn't really matter, clearly. Who would really ever want to listen to me? I don't really have anything that important to say. So that kind of fed into my overall kind of shyness, my social anxiety, all those fun things. You know, we all have a root for whatever we wrestle with. So, you know, when I was 10 years old, I, I entered speech therapy. So keep that in mind. Until I was 10, nobody could hardly understand me. So at 10, I entered speech therapy and did that for three years, I believe. Um, and I really had to, I mean, weekly, you know, train myself to be able to even speak the way I do now. Um, but some of those early kind of fears and thoughts had already kind of taken root, of course. So, yeah, sure, I could, I could talk real good now, but it didn't really, you know, I was still a very quiet, reserved person. And I just kind of, I really struggled with confidence in that area a lot. So the idea of picking up a microphone and sharing to anybody, you know, was like, oh, God, what if I get tongue-tied? What if I do this? What if I do that? You know, every time I come up here to even share it all, it's just pure cotton mouth, you know? I can't even, I'm just waiting to stumble over my words, all this random stuff. And yet what's so cool about it is that, you know, almost 20 years later, then the Lord <laughs> Sorry. Let's just say the Lord will take the things about yourself that you don't like and use them for his purpose. He's really good at that. So never feel like anything in you, any flaw, Nothing is ever too big for God. That's the gist of it. Now, maybe I should just move on so I stop crying. Uh, <laughs> so, hopefully, I guess that's another piece of the testimony, you know? So, hopefully, that can reach somebody.
in its own way. It doesn't have to be speech you know, specific, of course, but if you have something, it doesn't matter how long you've carried it. It could be from your childhood, your teenage years. It could be from last week. I don't know. Something happens, and I feel like we're always really hard on ourselves, really quick to judge ourselves, really quick to figure out our own story. But then the true author of our story tends to have a different idea. Um, and I don't know what the timetable looks like. Of course, only he knows. <laughs> In my case, it took quite a while. But a lot of that also depends on you, depending on me. You know, I, I wasn't ready for a long time to even entertain the idea <laughs> of stepping into this and letting my voice be potentially used in this capacity for many years. So, again, the timetable's different for everybody, but just don't, don't discount yourself over anything like that. Because, um, you know, the guy with a crazy speech impediment and stage fright and everything else is now up here talking to you all. And so, hey, ha hallelujah, right? Just... Um, so... With that nice emotional little bomb out of the way, you know. Um, let's go ahead and get into this. Well, let's open in prayer first. Um, Lord, thank you just for bringing us all here together this morning. Thank you for every heart that's here in attendance. You knew everyone that would be here this morning. And you knew what you gave me to share. You are in control of it all, Father. So we just trust you with it. I pray that you would give me words to speak and the confidence to speak them, and that we could all just grow together in our individual walks with you, and as well as just kind of as a, as a church body, of course, um, as we enter these, these crazy days, which could very well be the last days. You know, this is important stuff, and I'm very humbled to be speaking during such a precious hour um, I do not take that responsibility lightly, so again, just please speak through me and uh, be with us this morning, Lord, in your name, amen. So, Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 22, is where we're going to be this morning. So, immediately after this, what is it after? So, this is right after Jesus has fed the 5,000 form that wonderful miracle of multiplying the fish and the bread, of course. So immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. 
So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. So this is a story all of us, I'm sure, are very familiar with. Um, The cool thing is we, you know, many of us know as well. um, You can read the same passage in scripture dozens of times and glean different things from it each time. It's one of the beautiful things about God's word. Almost again, like, it's cooler than any other book out there, you know? Um, Because as a cooler author, you know, as someone who's dabbled in writing myself, I can tell you none of my little petty works. (laughs) Yeah. So just stick with the Bible, you know? Um, So I think this is a story that, you know, I could go a dozen different directions with. It's part of even what I was wrestling with these last couple weeks as I thought about this, you know, sermon. As soon as I was asked to share this passage is what I got. And then I got a couple of little nuggets about it. And then being me, again, the whole son of a pastor thing kicks in. And you're like, well, you know, I should probably weave this intricate, glorious tale um, crossing generations and spanning the entire book and all this different stuff to, like, have something really just worthwhile, you know, to share. Um, And then every time, again, I, I try to do any of that, it... God's just like, share the thing I told you to share. So I'm like, okay. Um, So with that in mind, this is probably going to be fairly short. I know I've said that before. The first time I said that, I spoke for an hour. Nobody panic. Um, I think the last time I said it, it was like 20 minutes. So we'll see, you know, we'll see. Maybe we'll, you know. Um, But one thing about this passage that I feel like gets focused on maybe a little bit too much, and I understand why, is the fact that Peter took his eyes off Jesus and he sank. And yes, obviously the goal is that we keep our eyes on the Lord, and if we keep our eyes on the Lord, we can keep moving through this life. That's great. That's the goal. But there are a few other things. Um, First of all, When he did take his eyes off the Lord and he began to sink, it said that Jesus immediately reached out and picked him back up. So there's almost this crazy thing where it's not about being perfect. If we just step out of the boat in the first place, that's what he's wanting. And keep in mind... Twelve dudes were in that boat, and only one got out. So do you want to be one of the 11 who just sits in the boat, or do you want to be the 12th who actually takes takes the step of faith? Yeah, we can make fun of Peter because he took his eyes off Jesus and he fell down. The other 11 dudes are in the boat still thinking it's a ghost. So who would you rather be? So (laughs) we we love boats in the church. What do I mean by that? Well, the boat represents our comfort zone. 
our tangible place, the thing we're familiar with. I think we all have a boat, if you will, that encompasses just our own minds, our own bodies. We are described as being vessels. So our flesh, you could almost even say, is kind of like a boat in and of itself. As soon as we step outside of ourselves and into what Jesus has for us, that's a huge deal. I also think that the boat could be described as this building, what we think of as being churches. Like, yes, we all know that we, the people, are the church, but we can't help ourselves. When we refer to church, we're talking about buildings almost every single time. <laughs> we're like, oh, we're going to go to church, and we're thinking about our meeting place. So maybe, especially in these last days, even if we're not perfect at it, you know, the world is getting super stormy all over the place. And it's only going to get worse, unfortunately. Hate to break it to you, you know. Uh, my dad preached on the book of Revelation literally all last year. And um, <laughs> the whole story is that it just gets worse and worse and worse before it gets better. So, as much as we want to fight the waves from the safety of our little boat... The storm's here, and it's going to get worse. And Jesus is out on the waters, actually just doing his own thing. So do we want to step out and be with him, walking hand in hand, or do we want to hide in the boat with the 11, getting tossed to and fro and just hoping to God that we make it? So if you think about the boat as this building, or as, you know, this church body, Pretty soon, well, what does that look like? It looks like, you know, outreach, of course. Going out into the world, the dreaded world. We're so afraid of the world. What if the world chews us up and spits us out? Kind of like it tried to do with our Savior. Well, <clears throat> I just, I'm saying it's something to think about. I don't have all the answers. I'm not saying I'm going to hit you with some 12-step outreach program right now. But I think it's something worth considering because, speaking for myself, you know, a year ago when I first decided, like, I'm done fighting this whole thing. I'm done sitting in the comfort zone of my own boat, going through the routine. At the time, you know, my first message, we were talking about the, the lukewarm living, Right? But I think this ties into that very beautifully in its own way. I was being tossed around in the world, but every week I was coming to church and I was in my little routine and I was doing my whole little thing and I thought, I'll just make it. I'll just struggle my way through and it'll be fine because as long as I keep doing the same things, you know, what could go wrong? Well, all these things were going wrong. <laughs> and I was like, no, what do you know? So then finally... You know, when I took my step of faith about a year ago, needless to say, and I'm not saying this is not some Joel Osteen, you know, the moment you get out of the boat, your life's just grand. No, but I will say that my life has been completely upended in the last year ever since I took that step of faith. 90% of it has been some of the greatest things that have ever happened to me in my whole life, which I don't think is a coincidence. And... No, that won't last forever. You know, you get your little wake-up calls. Life never just becomes a cakewalk. 
But I think it's important because getting out of that comfort zone and taking that step out of whatever little boat that you're in. No, I haven't done things perfectly. <laughs> you know, one of my fears about you know preaching, being up here at all, was this idea of as soon as I take that step, you know, that's a big responsibility. It's no small thing to try and share to God's people. He takes that very seriously. Um, I can't be up here just spouting nonsense and claiming it's God unless I'm just really wanting to dance with fire, you know. So it was always very intimidating. Um, and so as, but as soon as I, you know, again, I took that step of faith, finally. You know, he had been knocking on the door for a long time. Um, and for a long time, it just looked scary. I, I, I couldn't tell if it was God. Notice how they were so afraid of anything and everything at that moment that they thought Jesus was a ghost. Sometimes the Lord himself becomes a little unrecognizable when we get too caught up in our own ways. <laughs> I, like, I feel like that's religion in a nutshell. When you think about it, we're supposed to have a relationship, not a religion. And I feel like religion gets so caught up in their own ways, riding around in the waves in a little boat that's getting beat to crap. And then they're so stubborn that even if Jesus showed up, they'd be like, who is this? <laughs> so, when in doubt, I guess, just take those steps of faith. And the thing is, what did I start with? You're not going to succeed on every single front every single day. Again, I was worried because I was like, if I start... If I start preaching at all, I clearly have to stop sinning. Because if I sin even once, the ground will swallow me up and I will just die. Well, spoiler alert, in the past year, I have sinned, as we all have, you know? So, and I'm still here, you know, believe it or not, there's grace for, for every day. But um, <laughs> we're all just like bundles of mistakes being held together by love and the blood of the lamb. So that's completely foolish to think like, oh God, you know, once I take that step, I can't, you know, what, what will happen? Well, big shock, even if you fall down again like Peter did, Jesus is just going to pick you back up. Um, so I think there's a lot of, we just need to be confident in that. And I think in these final days, instead of, clustering together while the world just gets stormier and scarier and louder and everything else, now may be the time more than ever to actually be taking those steps of faith. You know, people talk about the last days could be ripe for, you know, like revival. I would like to believe the same thing. But revival usually works better when we're actually trying to reach people instead of just trying to survive while we hide from the world. So, while Jesus is out there walking around in the waves, still working, I think we should, uh, we should just dive out there too. <laughs> and it's just a matter of trust, honestly. I have another prime example of just young Stephen being 
foolish. So when I got baptized, which is supposed to be one of the greatest days of your Christian life, right? It's just completely marred with the fact that I tried to drown myself because (laughs) ever since I was a kid, I've been terrified of water. Like, I don't care for the ocean. I don't want to go swimming. I'm almost, I'm starting to approach 30 years old. I don't know how to swim to this day. So if you ever get really sick of hearing me teach, kidnap me and throw me in a lake, I guess, because I'm not, I don't know how to swim. So, you know, there's your, there's the exit strategy, I guess. But um, I was getting baptized and my own father is baptizing me. And he says, I've got you. Just take a breath. Hold it. I'll dunk you under. You'll be right back. Easy as that. And in my mind, there I am. Like, I don't know about this. You know? What if something happens? What if he lets me, what if he lets me fall? What am I going to do? Float? Probably. But in the moment, I'm like... I'm going to drop like a rock right to the bottom, and I'm going to die right here in this pool, right here in this swimming pool. So get totally up in my own head. Crazy how we get in our own way when we're trapped in our own thoughts. Instead of just listening to our father. And then (laughs) he dumps me down. I totally butcher the timing, which is someone who is, is a drummer, it's, the, it's like the cardinal sin, but right when I'm going under the, the water, there I am like, oh, breath, and just, a, just lungs full of water instantly, just right there. Whole throat is on fire, I'm coughing, I'm hacking. I don't even think I get all the way under the water before I'm rocketing back out and just holding onto my dad's neck like I'm at WrestleMania trying to just choke him out, you know? And uh, everybody's just kind of, you know, there are witnesses to this event, of course. So, you know, another piece of my social anxiety potentially was, you know, but um, so I'm just like, dear God, get me out of this pool. I don't want to see any of these people again. I don't want to, like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so this, I'm so that. But it's so funny because... (laughs) Now, you know, it's like God is calling me to step out onto the water. And I don't like the water. We already established this. <laughs> and I have a little bit of a difficult time, clearly, trusting my father when I'm supposed to. But I think that's all just a part of the growth. I think that's a part of the process. And I don't think, I, I don't think it matters how old you are how long you've walked with God or anything else. There are going to be times in your life where you are going to have to, again, step out of the boat, and you're going to just have to trust God. And if you even falter and you do slip under those waves, he will instantly be there with an arm outstretched in the same way that he stretched his arm out to you the day that he called you to be his child in the first place. He will be faithful to sustain you through all of those things forever, but it does take a little bit of effort on our part, and sometimes the effort is just crawling over the side of that boat, and that 
is all I have. So there you go. Look at that. So, Dad, if you would like to come up and, and just uh, tickle those ivories, as it were. Um. Thanks for stopping in today. Hope it was a blessing to you. You can visit us, wellspringsvineyard.com, for more information. You can find our YouTube channel there. You can contact us. Our contact form on the website goes directly to me, Pastor Walt. And so if you want to contact me with any questions, happy to help you any way I can. If you want to support the ministry, of course, you can donate online, wellspringsvineyard.com. Just click the donate button. We're located in Casper, Wyoming. If you're ever traveling through, stop in and see us. Until then, let every day be filled with Jesus, man. Take care.